0: podcast that's trying to create a, a realistic down-to-earth show that's completely off the wall and swarming with magic robots. I'm Graham Thewlis and I'm here to provide a modicum of calm between two men scared stiff by the ongoing juggernaut of Motherwell FC. <laughs> First we have a, a dresser snapper, then a terrapin and a bear trap. Hello Craig kills
1: <coughs> Hello I've got a really tickly cough. <laughs> just, as soon as I hit record I just felt this itch in my throat and I had to wait for you to introduce me to, to, to get it out. And also, I reject, I've reject. i been accepting that title for a while now, and I, I, I'm not the snappiest dresser on the Terrace
0: podcast. Second on my list, but by no means second in our hearts. Hello, Tom Watt. Hi. <laughs> I don't have anything better to say. <laughs> uh, before we get started with the weekend's action, how about we have a quick look at what's hot and what's not? Does somebody want to start... It's very negative. There's a, a great negativity around. Does somebody want to start us with a hottie, or will I start us with a hottie? Well, my hot's a little bit negative.
1: Do you want me to <laughs> yeah, go, yeah, for go for a cool hot? <laughs> suggesting the player should be called up to the Scotland squad after ten good minutes against St Johnston. that's yep. that's quite yep. hot at the moment. Yeah, uh, yeah. Lyndon Dykes seems to be the most recent one. His was against Celtic, I suppose, and not against St Johnston. But everybody's clamouring for Lyndon Dykes to be in the Scotland squad now after uh, after a good performance. Now he's had a, he's had a good season so far, and <coughs> like I pointed out the last time, I was on the pod. I think they would have beaten Aberdeen if he was playing. If he and Lithgow had been playing, I think Livingston would have won that game. Um, But still, are we not stretching it a bit far to say that... I mean, Lyndon Dykes isn't going to solve Scotland's striking precobs. We called up
0: Lauren Shanklin, so that's... Yeah, fine. Our quota is full. Yep. Uh, One of my hotties is uh, weird crowd shots. Uh, We had Stephen Ferguson and Stuart Kettlewell admiring what (laughs) appeared to be a wonderful wooden schooner. Was this during the (laughs) game? I have, no idea. I, I have no context for it whatsoever, but just the two of them admiring a boat. Like an actual wooden sails rigging boat. Uh, and Pikachu was at Inverness versus Area United. Um, yeah. Have a look through the SPFL Instagram page. You will find Pikachu at Inverness versus Area United. So I would thoroughly encourage more of this. It's like you get it at Christmas from time to time where people all dress up. And you pan around the crowd and it's normal, normal, normal. Oh, the final normal. Way day. Final yeah, way day it's just like normal, normal. Like totally normal day. And then there's a giant Superman or something. It's just more of that I'm absolutely fine with.
2: There was a similar shot re- for the reason they Was it... Celtic Park recently where someone was just toasting with a bottle of Buckfast (laughs) and the camera panned across and just kind of casually blink and you'll miss it
0: in addition you had the guy at Dundee United carry a cool box (laughs) as well which led to a great thread from Craig Craig Anderson where a guy was saying that there's a guy that turns up at East End Park with like a a full multi-pack of Capri Sun because he refused to pay like £2 for it I remember seeing somebody not Getting getting
1: told at the Turnstile, at Time Castle years ago that they weren't allowed to take their chippy in because
0: it was a container. How is this guy getting in with a whole cooler? I was on. This is a highlight to, to my old life, really. Um, but I was in Edinburgh and I went to Lippy Pintos beforehand and bought like some hot sauce, some pinto beans, and various other things. And then went to the football and the boys was like, Are "I see in your bag." And I was like, "Ah, I see a problem that's going to arise here." And he's looking at the bottles and the cans and he's like, "I don't think I can let you in." And I was like, "Right." how about if someone throws a bottle of hot sauce, you just come and lift me? And sort of, Take a picture of me right now. Well, yeah, I was like, if somebody throws a bottle of hot sauce at Juanma, then you can come and lift me.
2: Even if it's not me, right?
0: I'll write my name on yeah, this. this is fine. If I throw a bottle of hot sauce or some beans at Wanma, you can come and lift me. That seems like a reasonable... Like, and he sort of looked at me and was like, I suppose, I mean, that does, I mean that's fair enough. That's absolutely fine.
2: Um, I've got I mean again it's kind of a negative posit- the international break just coming along <laughs> and a, a free hit against Russia which we'll, who cares about and a game against San Marino that even Scotland couldn't fail to mess up surely 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 um, just to kind of I mean we were just saying just before we started only 33% of people around the table are remotely satisfied with the way that their club <laughs> is performing at the moment and I'm not one of them and I can't really be bothered watching them at the moment so a couple of it's weeks just something off.
0: that's not that yeah it's it's
1: a real positive See, i i i bring this up quite a bit and i think that i'm not in the majority on the podcast when i when i say it um but i actually quite like international breaks because i see them as a little bit of a of a break i don't need to follow dozens of matches i can just get away with uh, I just
2: enjoy the games half an
1: eye on a Scotland game that I'm not really that enthused by because I like really like Tom's for... enthusiasm of enjoying a
2: Scotland game which is well there's levels of enjoyment it's not, not involved exactly banging them in against San Marino and justifying an inclusion in a game that actually matters in which case it's a terrible I event.
0: have a fully positive hottie as well which is this is a bit of a throwback to something that I brought up quite a while ago now but there's an Aberdonian Big Dons fan Ross Andrew who played an international game for the British Virgin Islands? So he played. They played Bonaire. They lost two one, but he won a penalty. He is thirty one years old. Has only ever played five, played five a side football, but has been in the Virgin Islands for over five years. So he turned up at some trials and they selected him. He got his first start against Bonaire last month. I meant to bring it up at the time, but kept forgetting. Again, they lost four two to Bonaire. There are three in the what was it, the CONCACAF Nations League they are somehow playing another three games in a week, which for a squad, which features a guy who's 31 years old who turned up because he played a, he played some fives and then did a trial and gets to play international football. Three games in a week seems like a stretch, <laughs> but they're playing the Bahamas twice plus the grudge match return against Bonaire as well. So uh, Ross Andrew, who is apparently registered as Andrew Ross for reasons that no one's quite clear on, <laughs> Don's fan from Aberdeen who's playing international football somehow. So yeah, a really positive thing just because he was hanging out in the British Virgin Islands for long enough,
2: can he do it in a warm Wednesday afternoon in the Bahamas? If he can't, if he can't do it there,
0: then maybe he can do it in a four, in a Category Three hurricane. One way or the other, you're going to get one or the other. So it's it really to me this is the, the absolute dream scenario where you end up taking a job somewhere in a bit of the world where the residency rules are a bit lax, and you get to tell people that you played international yeah, football yeah. because you hung out for a bit, played a bit of fives, and then. Presumably, just turned up at some trials and got a game.
2: Yeah, one of my mates has always had this idea that if somehow you can somehow manage it while his uh, wife's pregnant, to go to San Marino and get <laughs> have a child born there, dramatically increases the chances <laughs> of international football. <laughs> I'm not sure that works anymore. Post Brexit wasteland, the worst or, international but, football team on the planet. Though, aren't well, they? you know, still you've ex- got to take your pick. not the
1: worst, but they have the worst, uh, not the worst in the rankings or something like that.
2: They've. But he's got 20-odd years for them to produce another good player for him to play alongside. So, yeah, it's yeah, a long game.
1: Do we have any more? No. Uh, I have a, a, a hottie that became a naughty, and that was the uh, the Ross County Stadium announcer at the weekend. Did the thing where you um, <clears throat> you read out a number plate and say, like, your car, and then he said, could you please return to your car because you're, I'm sure it sounded like, I listened to it a few times and I couldn't quite exactly hear what he was saying, but it sounded like he said, Your journal's getting wet because your windows are down. <laughs> and then later on, he went, Yeah, and, uh, that's why I kept rewinding it because I thought he can't be just picking out the journal. But anyway, something was getting wet in his car because he'd left his windows down. And then later your on, wife. <laughs> and then later on, um, When Ross County equalised, he did the OO2, OO2B, and then the crowd did the rest of it, and I didn't
0: like that, so I I decided that wasn't hot. That seems entirely fair enough. Um, My only other naughty was just complaining about Craig Levine. I'm very tired of this whole timeline of people at length continually getting very, very upset about Craig Levine and jumping up and down about Craig Levine. I just don't care you, anymore. You're just gonna skip me later on. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. It's absolutely fine. You can. You're more than welcome to. But I, I just really tired of it. I, just, I find the whole thing really, really tiresome. How do you Be- think we fucking feel? Well, also that as well. I realise I'm playing into it by bringing it up again. But yeah, I find it, the whole thing very, very tiresome. Anyway, we'll start off the weekend with the most intriguing battle we've had for years, as Motherwell continue their good form of beating teams that they should probably beat to consolidate third place. <laughs> with goals from James Scott and a late clincher from Chris Long as they defeated St Mirren 2-0 uh, this was a lot of fun I really enjoyed my Saturday afternoon <laughs> so we'll just get this out of the way quickly and then we'll talk about it um, Liam Polworth is an absolute baller as it turns out um, I had in my head for years that somebody else was highlighting this I think somebody mentioned it on Pine and Bovro, but it's very much to me Highland footballers are Ross Oakley and that's what a Highland footballer looks like and now a Highland footballer is Liam Polworth, who's an absolute ball, and he—I I can't emphasize just—he was so so good. He was Ryan Christie, mate. Well, exactly, Ryan Christie and Liam. Pol- apparently, the Highland Football Academies are just turning out incredible footballers now, which is odd, possibly a bit surprising. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, he's—it's—it's it's weird that he's only twenty-four. Yeah, because he feels he's, he feels like he's been around, he's been for, around for
2: a really long time, and. He probably stayed at Cali a year longer than he should. I mean, he had his his issues last year and kind of fell out of the section of the support. Yeah, he was... Rightly so, because he he was kind of singled out as... He was singled out when they weren't doing very
1: well as a team. He missed a penalty against Ayr, I think, in a 0-0 draw. And then I think... I I remember him taking to Twitter because um, some people were and abuse his family or something like that and he kind of said like say what you want about me but I kind of draw the line I at mean, people talking about my family but it seemed a bit unfair that even he was being singled out in that team at that time See, I is he not, Did he not average
0: like an assist a game last yeah, season for the match? Yeah. I
2: think he, he's got something like 30 odd assists in the last two seasons for, for Cali um, and and you know was 22, 23 years old local it's all, all the things that you should really rally around but they, they they didn't and it was particularly in the middle of the run where um Kelly just kept drawing games for some reason he was singled out as the one of the worst culprits in it which wasn't fair at all um really good footballer wasn't really suited to I mean even though he got a lot of assists probably wasn't suited to some of the more physical side of of football in the the championship and definitely I think stayed on a season too long he just looks so much more confident Like He's taking touches, he's playing passes, he's getting on the end of things Um, And he's just just slipped in there seamlessly as well I mean, Motherwell, last season, obviously David
1: Turnbull burst on the scene And he's been the guy who's come in Now I know that when Turnbull's back, uh, they're all there kind of providing competition for each other But at the moment he's come in to be the guy to fill the gap for while uh, Turnbull's injured And he's done so well because obviously uh, Turnbull was one of the, the standout performers for uh, for quite a lot of last season and to, and to come in and just fit in so seamlessly uh, hit the ground running and not take any time to kind
0: of get up to speed it's been it's quite impressive. What was what was most impressive on, on Saturday aside from the fact that he was not just doing the things that you imagine he would do in terms of playing nice passes and keeping the ball moving he was very very good at getting his ball across getting getting his body across players he was doing all the hard working things that you want out of a midfielder as well particularly when you take a trio of Liam's down to two because Liam Donnelly was out so he was absolutely terrific in there but he was the best example of the team on Saturday and it broadly from back to front we were just so patient on the ball there was no St Mirren came and set up and were as you imagine, St Mirren have been over the past few games, very defensively resolute, and it looked like it was going kind to of be a frustrating afternoon, but Motherwell were just so patient throughout the game, there was no attempt to force passes, there was no attempt to try things that were too complicated, it was just a case of Polworth taking the ball in midfield, just moving it, and players moving left, right, and the, the first goal was the best example of that, the ball came all the went from left to right with Scott, who came across the front of the goal, gave it to Polworth, and then by that point eventually found half a yard of space to, to Swing a shot in, which again was just a, a terrific finish there as well. Um, speaking of sort of homegrown local players doing very well as well, Barry Maguire again dropped into that central midfield and looked like he'd played hundred games for us. I thought it was a centre half as well. He is. He, he played centre half for Queen of the South last year. He is nominally meant to be a centre half, but having watched him, it's a complete waste to play him there. Um, certainly at this point in his career, he has more than enough legs to to survive as a midfielder. He's closer to. Uh, maybe closer to Alan Campbell than he is to David Turnbull, but that's the role that he's asked to play there. The sheer number of times he put St Mirren players on their arse by taking the ball past them and just drifting away it. it. wasn't he wasn't running around the pitch; he was gliding around the pitch, and he just had that ability of just seeing a St Mirren player coming and taking that half step left or right or whatever it is it's coming from, and just gliding right past them. It was. Remarkably assured from him. He maybe gave the ball away a couple of times, but aside from that, for a guy that's kind of making his, his real sort of first team debut, and he's played a few games before, but not quite for the in quite the same sort of scenario. And I, I thought he was abs- absolutely terrific throughout. Um, from a Smellin' point of view, uh, Lackey for me is probably up there with the best goalkeepers in the league. Comfortably, he is so good. The way in which he makes absolutely everything look dead easy is. Testament to himself, his positioning is absolutely fantastic. Maybe caught out a little bit by Long's goal at the very end, but ultimately give a shit by that point. But he was very, very good again. Yeah, I mean the
2: the the concern for St Marin, I think, is they have stopped taking hidings and but they've just they haven't figured out how to score. Yeah. I mean, they've got what three three goals all season. They look a lot more compact. They look a lot more structured. They don't look like they have a striker of any you know shape or form, and that's that's a big concern. For being bottom. they don't look like the worst side in the league, no, no, but yeah. they could conceivably be yeah. cut adrift quite quickly. Because... Mullen,
0: Mullen, gives you, Mullen, Mullen always gives the impression that he might do something out of the ordinary because he, he, he did that a collection of times last season. The fact that he doesn't have any Dundee teams to play against this year might be his, his undoing in that mm-hmm. respect. Yeah, he uh,
1: scored a couple of vital goals last season which uh, helped keep them in the league, and in this game, he came closest for them as well the, the, the shot that Gillespie tips over the bar yep. yeah they seem to have a few options and none of quite are up to scratch yet but Mullen's one of I think Mullen's maybe the only one who hasn't had a run in the team yet and he probably deserves a run in the team because like I said towards the end of last season he did play a part in keeping them in the league uh, Junior Marias I know he didn't play in this game but he seems like to be like a physical player but not very effective as a target man they've got bika who's Kaya kind of Weeb is similar uh, uh, to Mullen in and, and, and some ways. He's a hard worker and, and that kind of thing, but he hasn't looked like scoring. Actually, he came quite close to rescuing a point against Hibbs, but other than that, I don't really remember him. Uh, he was through on goal against Hearts, maybe not quite through on goal, but um, he had a chance against Hearts that he put wide, and uh, yet yeah, he, d- he doesn't look much of a goal threat. An yep. underrated moment. Sorry, I just say before we move, I'm to okay. move on, but an uh, moment of the James Scott goal, which was a fantastic strike that they're all kind of standing off him, is Alan Campbell's run uh, to the kind of somewhere in left back area, drags Foley out of that yep. position, and you see you see after the after the goal goes in. Um, uh, Broadfoot's gone to step out and he's kind of like where's the midfielder in front of me and Flynn's got two caught between two players and I think the, the run from Cambly kind of arcs his run uh, over to the left back area and drags Foley over there and that creates the gap from, and that, that, that's what it was as I was
0: saying that's what it was all day long case there was a lot of the game played up in the St. Man and Third of the pitch and it was just moving it left and right and eventually at some point or other they were going to break because you they're not good enough to do that for 90 minutes they need to score a goal from somewhere um, second half there was, there was a period where Motherwell just kept giving the ball away um, and I think Djorkaev kind of summed up St Mirren on the day and he came on had a great chance to, to, to get a goal and equalise and then subsequently two minutes later gave the ball away for long to score like, oh, there's I was like there's
1: he's not seen him since oh. the League Cup and then five minutes later I was
0: like and we won't be seeing him again for a while <laughs> it's going to be a while so I, I, yeah St Mirren Never looked particularly threatening. Had chances, but never really looked like they were going to take many. A team that does take its chances, moving on seamlessly, uh, as Rangers put five past Halterakis with uh, Jermaine Defoe sealing himself at almost certain place in EA Sports Team of the Week. Uh, Barisic and Goldson all with the goals. Um, how highly are we currently rating Borna Barisic? Yeah, he's
1: really grown into the role. Um it's been a position it's been the the, the position that's given Gerard the most headaches over his time at Rangers, I think. Um, he started the season with three options there, none of which he seemed to be fully confident in. Um I think Barisic he intended to be his first choice there, but he never kind of lived up to, to, to his billing. Um Halliday was has always been a stopgap in yeah. that position, and Flanagan has been the kind of guy that he's put in there when he, he maybe needs a bit more physicality in certain uh, certain phases or parts of the game, uh, or somebody who he sees as the most dependable out of the three, even though he's kind of slightly shoehorned and
0: yeah. on on his uh, his unnatural side. I do I do wonder whether Flanagan's performance in the old firm has kind of forced his hand in this respect. And the number of times the Rangers worked the ball really, really well, so the fullbacks can get forward. But every time Flanagan got forward, had to come back inside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At the same, and same time, Celtic knew that every time he had to come back inside, so it was like he, you didn't need to defend going down the line. Essentially, at the
1: same time, Gerard that was the only player that Gerard, Gerard uh, yeah, pass yeah. marks to in that game. He said they were he all was,
0: crap. He, apart he was from... fine. Defi- he was okay in the game, but didn't offer what he needed going forward, which is what Rangers need because so much of the width comes from the fullbacks. Um, I do I did wonder that at the time whether it was a case of well that's you've found the limitations, you've found how far you can go mm-hmm. with Flanagan. You now understand. everyone understands that you don't need to defend the link because he's not going to go there. But um Barisic isn't getting called up
1: to the World Cup runners up squad yeah. for nothing. I mean he's he's obviously, there's obviously a
0: player in there. It's just taken him a while to yeah. get to, to hit this form. Just just imagine. I mean, bearing in mind that his uh, teammate Eros Gerezda was meant to be the better of the two players. Yeah. Just imagine how good <laughs> Eros Gerezda is going to be, and how much of the Albanian Messi. Uh, how imagine how much he's going to be worth from that initial outlay that Rangers just off it's like one and a half million pounds? Outlay on him. Imagine how much he's going to be worth if when he makes that final step, the Barishu starts once he stops spitting on people.
2: <laughs> I think having the two the two naturally natural fullbacks lets them play. Some of the best footballers they've got. I mean let Arfield play, let Davis play, let you know whether it's Kamara or Jack, who aren't necessarily gifted with huge amounts of pace. No. And uh, means that they can have you know the Defoe up front taking chances and, and and Greg Stewart, who I think everyone was kind of puzzled as to why I, not I, not up, why he up. went, but what but what, what he was going to bring. Well, his career
0: looked, <laughs> not, looked not, done looked already done. before it had started. Not yeah. for, I, there's a couple of times this podcast that today I'm going to have, like, generally I need to hold my hands up at some point, but I'm definitely going to have to hold my hands up on that one. There will be more as well, but certainly <laughs> on that one. I've got, I, I didn't think Stuart would contribute a huge amount to Rangers at all, and as you say, keeps doing more.
2: And, and if you have the pace coming from, from the fullbacks, and you've got the... He he was able to find angles. Like he's not a, he's not a wide player. He's not a number nine. He and he's only intermittently in his career found the the position that he needs. Only he seems to know where he plays. <laughs> he sort of drops deep, and makes space. Uh, but he, he, in games like this, he's got an awful lot more freedom to kind of do what he wants and see where where he
0: fits in, which is much more than and that, that's, I did. Even, that's exactly the signings that Rangers in the end kind of should be making in terms of you don't expect Greg Stewart to play in an Old thumb game and do the same thing because he's playing against much better players you don't necessarily expect him to do it in Europe either because again you're playing it. but on a Sunday afternoon when you've got Hamilton Aki's at Ibrox and you need to rotate the squad mm. when you need to give other players a rest yeah play Greg
1: is Stewart. also uh, Gerard is, is four players in, in quite a few matches have been playing a bit more narrow this time uh, this season, sorry, and Stewart's kind of managed to fit into that. So rather than playing um, as a winger coming inside, he is kind of like tucking into like a kind of more of a kind of ten role, in that. and that. And you saw that um, you saw him do that to devastating effect last week against Aberdeen, and uh, putting Defoe through for the opening goal in this one. And on Defoe, I, I don't want to go into the whole Morelos Edward debate again, but. Rangers have two very hungry on-form forwards that they can comfortably rotate that keep and not... Cu- that keep cuddling each other as well. It's yeah. the cutest <laughs> thing in the world. And there's no... Um, you're, you're comfortable with either of those starting uh, just about any of the games they play at the moment. I know that uh, Morelos tends to play the European matches, but in, in the domestic matches... Um, Rangers can afford to play whichever one Gerrard thinks is, is going to uh, be best for them that day. Celtic don't have that backup at the moment. They've got a, they've got a an excellent forward, um, but they,
0: they they barely have anything in reserve. But these are exactly on those those lines again as well. It's exactly the sort of games where you can drop Edmondson into the team, you can drop Greg Short into the team, you can bring back Jamie Murphy into the team. Guys who may or may not have a, a huge role to play for the rest of the season, but they're the games where it means that you can give somebody else a day off and say, I mean, this is even more relevant when we come on to the Celtic game after this mm-hmm. as well. There is much more of a, a squad rotation and much more of a, I don't know if it's a trust in the players and just, or a, just a, an acknowledgement that we are better than Hamilton Ackies. With the up front, we are going to score goals against the six centre-halves that Hamilton Ackies put out today. Um, and... <laughs> you're looking at it in terms of the last three games Rangers have an aggregate score of 14-0 yeah
2: last time they did that um, was against Stranraer,
0: Airdrie and East Fife <laughs>
2: <laughs> Excellent, bit, bit more stern competition than excellent
0: stern. very good and again every, every, every statistic of this game is just so heavily weighted towards, towards Rangers in that respect Aki's, it was. I think it was yourself, Craig, in the group chat just before the game. Like, how many center halves can you name in that Aki lineup? Ashley <laughs> Fowler, as Fowler, the,
1: the thing is, Gogge. I don't know whether he's trying to say that Gogic just won as well. Gogge has played center midfield all season. I actually think that might be his natural position. I just think he filled in it center half for a while when he uh, when he first arrived. But yeah, there was four center halves and a left back. Yeah, because uh, I didn't know who was playing right back when I saw the lineup, and turns out it was McKenna. Uh, but yeah, it was a very defensive uh, shape. But when you line up like that and you concede within the first
0: seven minutes, yeah, seven exactly. Minutes.
1: Then the, the game's only going one way, really, isn't it? Yep. As
0: Defoe looked every bit the player that some people predicted, and not the player that I predicted. So yeah, good. <laughs> well, well done, me. Um, speaking of squad rotation, um, ins and outs of it. Uh, Livingston two, Celtic nil. No. Uh, we also welcome aboard my Lyndon Dykes rollback extravaganza as I talk at length about how great Lyndon Dykes is. Should be in the Scotland squad, mate. <laughs> I do actually, in hindsight, look back and I go, I really wish we'd signed Lyndon Dykes, although I welcome him in Motherwell for season 21 22. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was, there's very few players I've seen that look more like a Stephen Robinson player than Lyndon Dykes. Um, he was. Absolutely tremendous over the over the course of the game, over the 84 minutes he played, which gave us, again, perfect from Gary Holt because it gave me a, a wee flutter as we got to see Lee Miller come onto the pitch. <laughs> um, but he absolutely broke uh, Christopher Julian. Yeah,
2: uh, also all credit for trolling all the fans are like you can't play on that pitch by doing like a double knee slide when you scored <laughs> <laughs> like, suggesting it was dangerous, I'll show you dangerous <laughs> no, he, um, he was, I'll show you dangerous loving, Stacey. loving Stacey. <laughs> He's, he'll be out next week um, <laughs> But yeah, Livy were not in great form coming into it. I think they'd lost four in a row um, and had never beaten Celtic. But they they played well against them over the last couple of years. You know they they've caused them problems. And and a couple of draws and a fairly narrow loss against Lennon, I'm sure. That's I think
0: that's his fourth
1: game against yeah. Lennon and hasn't lost against them or something
0: along yeah. those lines. Okay, like, even though they're not winning, it's not been Livy who've been playing badly. The yeah. Aberdeen game where they couldn't score, the Rangers game where they played well, yeah. the Rangers game Ibrox where they took the lead
2: yeah and and they've they they did everything that you you should do again you're meant to do but it, it's so hard to do in, in practice you know they they chased things down they hunted in packs they they were throwing bodies on the line i mean there was a, there were points like at two 0 up, when there were seven men in the box, and there's two men throwing themselves at the ball, mm-hmm. and the ball like the ball's cannoning off someone's thigh and going thirty yards clear.
0: It was that. It was that one when Steve Lawson had been on the pitch for about twenty five seconds, <laughs> and just he saw the ball break at the edge of the box. Like, I'm getting there. Yeah. I'm getting there as fast as I can, and putting my body right there. Unbelievable.
2: Yeah, they were excellent. Um, I, I, as good as they were, Celtic were pretty terrible, I mean, I don't think we're taking anything away from, from Livingston. I'll come back on to sing their praises a little bit further, but I think having spoken about the the rotation that Rangers can offer, Celtic only made one change, I think, from the from the team um, that played Cluj earlier in the week and they looked a lot more, they looked jaded, they looked tired, the tackle, Ryan Christie's tackle was, was horrendous and lazy and all the things that it shouldn't have been. Um, but they even down to ten men. You've got to go back like five and a half years for the last time Celtic lost when they would lost a man. Yeah, they, you know they're still dangerous and and credit to Livingston who made them play like a ten man team. You know, made, like, exploited the space, made sure that when there was a chance to run down the clock, they ran down the clock, made sure that they ran the ball well, and and put an awful lot of pressure on a backline that looked
0: awfully shaky and incredibly naive. Chris Iyer seems it's been something which been, I've watched more and more this season kind of in the last season more this season I really like I think he's a fantastic player but he seems to have taken on the role of chief finger pointer and finger waver <laughs> as opposed to just getting I realise it sounds absolutely like your dad but just getting on with it and just being a centre-half seems to want to be involved and in everything seems to want to be up and I get that again from a Celtic point of view if you're winning games that's great you love them and it's great and that, that's that's the mentality you want within the team but when you're two down with five minutes, why are you getting involved? Get in the box. Get the bo-
1: yeah. Dykes had them riled. Uh, and not just Dykes. Livingston, Livingston turned the game into a shit fest, uh, and not because Livingston can't play any football. I don't mean yeah, it yeah. to sound like that, but because if they, that's that was clearly their tactic to yeah. bring get Celtic down to come down to their level and to be better. At them, yeah. They sorry than them at it, and they did, and they were aided by the the red card because um Ryan Christie, as you saw in the game on Thursday night, he was Celtic's most effective player when they didn't have the ball, and they lost a lot in the midfield when he when he so went he, off
0: He's been responsible for is it a third of
1: Celtic's goals, thirty percent of their goals, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, so there's that element to it as well. But yeah, they 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 brought Celtic, they they made the game a shit fest, and they're very good. When it comes to that But they also have quality In the last third of the pitch uh, And their game Even though they do it slightly differently Than uh, this season than they did last season Their game is about getting the ball Into the right areas And then playing football in the right areas And they did that again And the the, the first goal was excellent um, Robbie Crawford shouldn't be left In that amount
0: no. of space It goes that, that pass goes straight into my top five Most shaggable passes the pass, of the year <laughs> That was brilliant And Scott Robinson's not um, that much
1: of a goal threat really he's a uh, but he, he almost
2: gets a chance to stop and go that's
1: it yeah okay it
0: cool, run, cool I instinctively because he was in so much space just assumed he was off yeah because how can he possibly be in that much space but again that's like you say it's, it's shit festing it but again it's being brave with it as well it's dead easy it's like, so, like as St. Milner in the Motherwell game tried to stop Motherwell playing and sat back the opposite of that is pushing teams back in as well, on the other side as well, and having that many players that high up the park so that Robinson can make that run and Bauer can't go because he's got somebody wide left, Ayer and Julian can't go, and Goli's got somebody outside, nobody can, nobody can track the run because everyone has someone to cover. And that's that's the bravery of it as well in terms of Livingston, just getting that many bodies that far forward. They, they
2: did that really, really well and I think, and they varied it as well, I think that the difference between like the you know the forward players were dropping into midfield and the celtic defense were try had tried to play quite a high line especially w- uh, when when christie got sent off but then we were, were being pushed back and they weren't quite sure where they were meant to sit because uh, like you know the, the first goal there's a massive hole uh, in the midfield and and um there's a, a huge amount of time for for Crawford to pick his pass but even the second goal that, when they decide they're they're pretty much you know they're three yards off the halfway line yeah. and they're like are we going to hold this at? and incredibly naive but but when you don't know where you're being pulled because because Livingston are moving forward in numbers and you know they're they can't play the same high line because of their, their man down in midfield it meant there's this massive great big gap so you could send a ball in over the top and there's 40 yards to put yeah. that that ball into um and that was testament to the way Livy played because they just didn't Celtic just did not know where their just, line they, was. They
0: were absolutely like Julian is Julian is the best example of how much Livingston broke Celtic. Yeah, because yeah. he had, he was gone. He he had absolutely lost it come the end of the game. I mean, Livingston were being it, and, shits by the way. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, like um, who, was it, who was
1: it? was that that's kind of gave him a little bit of a choke when he was on the ground? A Lammy. But again, there were been stuff that wasn't like. The, the, there was nothing. I mean, Jacobs is borderline. I mean, he couldn't yeah. argue if he'd been red carded. No. But For, other than that, they
0: weren't doing anything that would have got them sent right. off. Around. They were just kind of being sneaky and snidey. And again, that was again because Julian because Julian had lost it and was throwing himself at people. Mm. Lamy decided say, "I'm not having that. I'm yeah. Not having that." So again, grabbed him by the shirt, gave him a lot of shit, and then after that, just completely. Yeah. Lost even Lennon
1: um, spoke about. Julian's mentality after the game, like saying he didn't use the word "lost," that but I think he said "immature" or something like that, rather than pointing the finger. He spent seven million pounds on him. Yeah. yeah, rather than pointing the finger at the people winding him up, he was he was pointing the finger at him for getting wound
2: up. But I imagine there's an awful lot of people who, at one point or other, over the last ten years, have had a Scott Brown and El Hadjiouf avatar who are <laughs> raging at the actions of cynical Livingston yeah. Yeah. taking the piss out of them. You yeah. know. Again, my, my,
0: my, the thing that I understand... Right, Livingston, as you say, are absolutely terrific. The one that absolutely blows my mind is Jack McMillan, who's played, is certainly right-footed, yes. playing at left-back. Mm. Was absolutely fine for Motherwell. Never really looked like he was going to be a, a top-flight player. His performance was terrific throughout the game as well. But come on, just last thing i Celtic, say, I'll think really is... So my question's on it as a case of, like, where's Scott Sinclair? Why is... And why are Cham and Hayes playing 15 minutes like this none of that makes any sense as Tom said there's one change from the the close
1: team and we spoke about this quite a lot recently about the likes of McGregor not getting a rest and you can put Cham in there and And
2: Tierney said that just
1: recently as well he's been edge of the ground and you're just you're not getting you're not you're not really losing anything I mean you might be gaining something at this point because I put McGregor down as my prediction for player of the year and he's nowhere near it at the moment
0: Again, and and Encham, on a, and I think like, that's to do with him being sorry. sorry yeah, yeah, cautious, but that
1: I think that's something to, to do, nothing to do with his ability, and it's more to do with the fact that he's not had a rest. It's well documented how many games he played last yeah. season. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I don't want to go over old ground because we've we've kind of spoken about this in the pod a wee bit recently. But that I think that again, that was another example of that where just give him a rest, like, give the boy a rest. Yeah, and,
0: and to me, and this is the perfect. This is one of the perfect games for Encham, and that he is more patient with the ball and. In a game like this, when Livingston are going to be on top of you, Livingston are going to be chasing you down, hunting you down, having someone with his technical ability, his patience and his passing surely makes more sense in midfield. Even just taking the element of the knackered Celtic players out of the equation altogether, he seems like a better fit for this game. It's a case of if you're going to have Jacobs, uh, Bartley and uh, Crawford chasing you down in midfield, then maybe Champ picking passes in there is, is, is a smarter move rather than trying to go to toe, going toe to toe with a team who want to outrun you
2: and for celtic i mean they're for for celtic and what they want to achieve and and them as a club Everything. They, uh, yeah they're in any given season they're going to play 60 odd games like, in any given season so like up with all the european elites with in terms of the number of games that they're going to play over the course of the season because there is not there's an expectation you're not going to rest players for the league cup you're not going to rest players for anything you've got to win absolutely every single game so if you're not rotating from the Clues game, which was arguably their best performance of the season, I think they're certainly they looked yeah. solid and all the players they brought in for the first time. It was like, right now I know what you're all here for and all, what you're all doing. To four days later to be playing that kind of Livingston team in, you know, I I have no problem with the surface, but the surface is a is an X factor, and you may have to rotate your squad for that. And there is pressure to win every single game. You need to
0: rotate the, the squad an awful lot more than he did. Just a final thing on Livingston as well. Um, Is Hibs releasing Marvin Bartley the daftest thing Hibs have done in a while? <laughs> it looks worse for every passing week. It's mental. It was It was the point for him and Brown were down in the corner and Bartley just kind of shrugged them off and then ran into the box like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> I mean, are we going on to Hibs Aberdeen next?
1: Because we can go on to Hibs Aberdeen yeah, yeah, next year. I was going to bring this up anyway. Is, was this the most... Lightweight midfield battle in the history of the Scottish Premiership.
2: It must be up there. It must be up there. I mean, the
1: yeah, the, the <laughs> average, average height is about five foot seven. I Aberdeen's think. is uh, enforced. We have to say, yeah. But Campbell and Ferguson, it's it's needs must at the moment. It's about all they have, uh, and I don't know what they're going to do for the next game if they don't get Ojo <laughs> or Bryson or someday back because uh, Bryson
2: might be back. Ojo is not going to be back. Just play Campbell That'll on be... his own in the
1: centre
0: of midfield. <laughs> Who's Aberdeen playing next? Celtic. was oh, that right? Yeah. No, I, <laughs> thought it, I thought it was us. That's a blow. It is us. You come with Park next. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need a midfield. Field.
2: I'm sure Four that, up front. Motherwell
0: haven't been performing that well in midfield this season. I'm, I'm sure everywhere. that'll be fine. I'm sure that'll oh, be fine. absolutely fine. So, yeah, as Craig says, we'll move on to Aberdeen Hibs with Aberdeen 1, Hibs 1, nine man Dons grind out result. A movable force I versus call it nine men. There were nine men for about twenty seconds. A, a moveable, I can call them anything I like.
2: <laughs> A movable force versus a resistible object <laughs> is what I've put as the, for this. Um,
1: was that? Are you talking about Dois being through on Lewis? Just the,
2: the pair of them. You know, the pair of both teams. There was a at one 0 down, and and say this with no pride whatsoever. At one 0 down and a man down. There was always a feeling that Hibbs would give us a chance, even though Deutsch had got like had four one on ones. And Hibs it, have a terrible
1: record against Aberdeen. A really they do, record. but
2: largely because of Gary mckay Stephen, who seemed to score. I think he scored eight times or something like that against Hibs against. I haven't
1: won at Petaudry since Sean O'Hanlon scored. That tells you how right. long ago that was. Right. Okay.
2: Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> but they're not. They don't. Wouldn't normally be given. Like, four one-on-one opportunities. <laughs> you know, no. And and actually, like McKenna and Constantine had had a good game, and he still managed to get... And, you know, I think there's some credit where it's due. Joe Lewis made at least yeah, one of them was a really, really, really good, good save. Dramatic. But there's, I think it's the third one, where he dodge takes four touches <laughs> to, and tries to put on his right foot. And then the, the final one where, he, like, Scott Allen's screaming and in infinite that, amounts of it's space. It's not and even like, just Scott
0: Allen. Does. <gasps> you can see Allen... Uh, Stevie Mallon and somebody else just coming into the frame, all of them screaming at Dowie, just, just don't, just fucking don't.
2: Yeah, you, so he did
1: exactly the same thing as he did for the previous chance he did it. It was almost exactly, almost the same. all of them. Yeah, yeah. I, there was two, two in that goal where he kind of was one-on-one with Lewis and one of them he's um, he's got this... He, he can square it for a tap and the other one he's just one-on-one and he has to... But both of them, he gets on his right and he just smacks it right at Lewis.
2: But- yeah, just a... a, a and just a, a... It was almost like a summary of what the two teams have been like this season. Hibs missing a bunch of chances in the game. They should have been absolutely out of sight and, and anyone else in the league, I would have put money on them winning that 3-0. But there was just this feeling that there would be a chance. And even though... Like Aberdeen improved immeasurably when Curtis Main got sent <laughs> off, which might be the might be the end of him. Um, it's definitely not. Uh, the fr- like the frustration with Curtis Main has not been that they they signed them because I could kind of see what the theory was if they were going to put all their eggs in a Cosgrove shaped basket. But Bruce Anderson's been brilliant in the under-21s. Conor McLennan has been brilliant for the Scotland under-21s, you know, admittedly a different position, but they, they're not getting minutes. And he decides to play two very similar theoretical, theoretically at least, players up top when also playing... You know, Ethan Ross had had a good game, but wasn't necessarily playing as like a traditional winger, and it was just, it was just very disjointed. But I think you could say that for both teams. Neither one looks like they have they really know what they're doing or what their identity is at the moment. Bruce
1: Anderson's also looked pretty good in the flashes he's had in the first team and he looked not bad in a fairly poor Dunfermline team last season. He scored season. as
2: right. many top flight goals as Curtis Main has in the last two seasons. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> in about four games. Yeah, something like that. I mean and he scored significantly more if you include the ones he had when he was on loan at Dunfermline and can't remember where else he went out on, but yeah like and he's now 21 and looks like he might be a better partner all around but
0: both teams I just think there's a there's a lack of identity there. Um, Is Sam Cosgrove's goal the most comprehensive pinning of a defender that you'll ever see in your life?
2: (laughs) It's a very Sam Cosgrove goal.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He looks like he's stapled him to the ground.
2: Yeah yeah there's a there's a veering off Scottish football for a bit um, Adiak and Fenwa uh-huh, plays uh-huh. for Wickham yeah, yeah, he's like uh-huh. the strongest player beast in the world moment, yeah. Yeah, like, he's moment. still playing he's still playing for Wickham uh, who are like second or third in League 1 and have had a great start to the season and there was a great interview with him a couple of years ago where he's like 5'8 and he can't jump and they're saying how how do you win the ball off the... and he grabbed the guy who was interviewing him by, by the bottom of the shirt and was like get off the ground <laughs> and the guy's like trying to move and it was like one of those magic tricks like Vegas magic tricks where it was like you will not you'll be able to lift the box now you can't lift the box and he just pinned it and that was pretty much it why yeah why get the just lose, use him as a jumping off point was pretty much what he does and also Sam Cosgrove now has one less goal for Aberdeen than Charlie Nicholas in 42 fewer games wow
0: does he celebrate properly though? Well,
2: not as Charlie did.
0: Not as Charlie did. Um, does, is there any argument against either red card in this game? Nah, not really. I think um, the main one's a wee bit harsh, but I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, it looks at full speed. It looks worse than the actual impact was. I think Start sending it off though, isn't it? Probably,
1: yeah. I mean, I'm not going to argue. Uh, I, mean, I know Tom's not going to argue because he wants to. I'm,
0: I'm quite happy with this. this.
1: If, if it was my team, I'd be a little bit annoyed, but I can't. Like, it's not one that I would like vehemently defend. I thought the second one definitely was. Uh, the Malin one was difficult to see because it's it's difficult to see how much contact he actually makes, even though he does go in with the stud showing. And the Cosgrove one—that's got to be a second booking, surely.
2: It was weird though because it was not. It was not an angry game by any stretch. It was like two. <laughs> and you know, for me, there's three red cards at least in that game. But you know,
0: twenty-two absolute paps on the field. It in some like it, three, yeah. three potential red cards. Uh, from one draw to another draw, uh, we'll head for the Highlands as Ross County defeated or drew the St Johnston two each. Uh, and St Johnston's wait for a league win goes on. They've now scored three of their last ten penalties. That's not a great. It was, however, Stevie May's first goal from Open Play since August 2018. What a goal it was! Yeah. Another excellent pass, another uh, very good through ball this weekend.
1: Danny Swanson, um, who didn't do a ton in this match, but um, yeah, provided an excellent assist for me, and it was a very good run from me as well. Fontaine sleeping and ball watching probably shouldn't get beaten there but I um, don't want to take anything away from the goal especially when his confidence is already quite low and he gets a penalty and the chance to break his duct at St Johnston, and he fluffs it and it's a very poor penalty we were talking about Osmond So's one on the yeah. podcast recently this one was just as
2: poor um, it was like all things conspired to so it was like Stevie May is going to take the penalty for a team that at that point have scored three from nine and and Laidlaw saved one last week as well and it's been pretty decent. And it was like, mm, he,
1: he didn't score he didn't. Open play against Aberdeen, but sorry, for Aberdeen, but he would score his penalties yeah. for Aberdeen. And, and
2: what, what was, I mean, the, his his goal, and we're slightly jumping ahead of the chronology of the game, but um, um his, the thing he he seemed to lack was instinct. He was overthinking everything and he was... He was playing a pass when he should shoot, and he was just putting his foot through it when he should have a, a bit more of a calm head. Everything that he, he just did the opposite of what he actually did would have ended up with, you know, a number of more goals. and And it looked like an instinctive finish. It looked like he, he knew exactly where the ball was going to be, and you know, all, all power to him. He looked a bit more confident. Why did he have
1: a plastic hand?
2: <laughs> <laughs> don't know he's like replaced from the shoulder down <laughs> it's just like, yeah. he must
1: have got a new tattoo on his hand or, or something some
2: sort of, and
0: that was some sort of glove to protect it it does look kind. a bit like his father's Darth Vader <laughs> <laughs> which is entirely possible I, I don't really know an awful lot about Perth but that seems the sort of place that Darth Vader would hang out um, speaking of finishes is was Joe Chalmers finish the most casual finish of all time I put it down that it was polite
2: <laughs> you know, like sometimes they're like, I'm going to put my foot through this yeah. ball and it's going to die. Yeah. And it was just like, ooh.
0: No, I'm just going to place it right there where we'll absolutely no one can get it. A lovely, kiss. a lovely lovely finish from, from Super Joe. Um, I was also quite disappointed to see Danny Swanson and Ricky Foster just play football. <laughs> Although Foster was
1: getting it tight from the, and his wife, was and getting, it, was yeah. getting it tight from the, uh, the St. Johnston fans. Um, St. Johnston actually started this game fairly well. Uh, on the front foot County weren't very good in this game overall I think they were I wouldn't say lucky to get a point but I think they'd be happy with a point given the way uh, the game went but St Johnson like I say they kind of started the brighter team and then the first time County attacked pretty much they scored and you saw the defensive frailties there now um, Tommy Wright got a lot of praise for lowering the age of the squad last season which was it was needed. There was a lot of experienced campaigners that he moved on, that kind of thing. Similar to the kind of thing that Motherwell did yeah. uh, not that long ago. Um, but it seems like he's gone a bit too far in defence. Um, Jason Kerr seems to be going backwards. He doesn't have uh, uh, an experienced head alongside him. He's now the experienced head in a defence, whether it's Gordon he's playing alongside or uh, Duffy in this game. Um, Ralston just looks terrible he just doesn't look good at all I saw someone on Twitter a couple of months ago make the claim that Ralston would be at the same level that Stephen O'Donnell is at the moment if he would like played the same amount of games
0: as I do. and it's like no no he's just I not a very think, good football player like I, said last week, I don't think Ralston's bothered there's a few times in the, the Motherwell game he looked like he was just shrug like I'm no, I don't want to be here yeah, he didn't look good in this might, game it might be unkind on him but there's a few times yeah, that was my, my certainly my impression of him uh, yeah like I say
1: Kerr and the distribution from the the, the defence has been pretty poor uh, Tanzer is pretty decent at driving forward every now and again but other than that, um, I think mean, Kerr was the biggest culprit for giving the ball away and things like that, but there is hope for St Johnston because they do have An attacking threat And especially if this is the start of something for me And I'm not talking necessarily about 20 goals But even if you can get close to double figures Or something along those lines They've got others that can share the burden With them. Dre Wright coming back Kennedy who scored I mean I know it's it's one of those goals I mean it's it's from far out It's a decent strike And it's the bounce that kind of beats the goalkeeper The goalkeeper's probably got to do better But still he's going to score goals Uh, There's other attacking talent in that team It's just yeah, the defense, and they brought in this V man as well. Mm. And Wright just doesn't seem to fancy him at all. He yeah. had, but was, it, see, was he, it Celtic
0: Park where he yeah. had an absolute nightmare, he's, he, and he's just he, not been seen since. Wright had spoken when he signed them that he'd seen him playing and against Northern Ireland. Was it for Estonia? I think it was. He's Estonian, definitely. Uh, yeah, he was, he, he, sure. he, he'd seen him playing internationally and really fancied him, and like said, I'd never seen anything for him just in terms of experience and things like that. Uh, as you say, St Johnston probably kind of on top in the game but looking at like Gardine uh, Brian Graham uh, Ricky Foster even, it's just a little bit Fontaine, just that little bit more sort of experience level of character mm-hmm. within Ross County and you saw Draper come, in, yeah. come on with sort of 20 minutes to go as well which I think could be, I think we said this a few times I think could be huge for Ross County as well because it means that they can Have they don't really have a a natural holding midfielder in there? They they try Gravosti there. Yeah,
1: Gravosti played centre half quite a bit last season. I I don't know whether he is a centre half or whether he's just filling in with injury or whether he's actually a defensive midfielder or whether he's filling in there. I'm not
0: sure what his actual natural position is, but you're right. They they tried a few bodies in there, so having Draper plus any, like to be honest, I do like pretty much all of Ross County's midfielders. They just need somebody else in there. I wasn't
1: convinced in this game of Spittle and Chalmers together they've scored the two goals. Yeah. Uh, that sounds <laughs> a bit weird to say. But um I thought a couple of weeks ago against Motherwell, Henderson and Peyton, Peyton. Both look, looked, looked really good. They both looked tidy. And decent defensively, but without much drive or penetration. And I think you get more of that from Spittle and Chalmers. So I don't know maybe one from one. I one see, that from that the, seems uh, like the logical yeah. thing,
0: but every time I look at <laughs> it's Ross, it's, not, the that lineup, easy. it's, it's, it's no, not that easy. No, no. <laughs> every time I look at it, it's a case like, well, it's Spittle or Chalmers, or what? I don't, right, so it's, it's Chalmers and Vigers, or it's Henderson and Payton, like. What? Surely this is a mix and match scenario. What's what's going on? Here? And what what a goal from Spittle, by the way, to rescue the point? Um, and he's got that in him. That's not a one off. He's done that a few times in his career. Just one one other thing, St Johnston. Um, I had a look at uh, Alastair McCann, who looks like a very nice player. He, he's what, very good again. Yeah. yeah, I know it sounds de- a very easy thing to say, but he looks like a footballer. He's one of the, every time he takes the ball and moves in the ball, he looks a very natural process for him as well. He looked really good. And he cemented Billy McKay as well, which is very was good. he <laughs> probably, there was, he probably fouled Sunday in the build-up to... It's Billy McKay uh, absolutely uh, cemented Johnson's him in the build-up to St. Justin's goal. Uh, and that leaves us with uh, Hearts 0, Kilmarnock 1. And I just to stay quiet here. No, no, you carry on. I just want to apologise for Kelly fans for putting you last. It's not your fault, it's Hearts' fault. Um, <laughs> that's fair. And that's hearts, totally fair. hearts are properly tested. So I've realised logic that if you have good kits, you're good at football. And hearts are really, really testing that. Really, really testing that logic of if you have a good kit. All three of hearts' kits are beautiful. They are rubbish.
2: <sighs> <Yeah>. Kelly,
0: <laughs> hearts are hearts are everything that Ke- hearts. or sorry, Kelly are everything that hearts are not at the moment. We were watching a, a chunk of the game beforehand. We watched the highlights and things like that. The, the Kelly back line are so comfortable in the ball. So confident in the ball. Uh, Del, Del Fabro's, Fabros spraying yeah. long diagonals. Del, Fa- to- Del Fabro's spraying like 60 yard diags to, st- to his fullback Stephen O'Donnell <laughs> appearing in the right wing. Everything, watching, watching, uh, watching that game, Del Fabro and Finlay do not waste a ball whether it's a short pass into midfield and the then taking it either back. to the three heart centre-backs, but they just <laughs> pass it <amongst laughs> along the fucking defensive line. <laughs> it's like that, def- like there's a, that uh, sort of, what is it, like a, a midfield drill where you tie your midfielders together is essentially <laughs> what the heart's back line are doing. But the, heart, the, the Kelly defenders, Hamelainen and are uh, going right up the wings to in order to provide that with, with one of Kelly's 400 holding midfielders dropping it to cover that space as well and giving them protection, but all, at all times, Finlay's moving the ball, Del Fabro's moving the ball, they're moving it directly to people. Whether it's a long ball, a short ball, sideways, it always has a movement forward. It's mm. always keeping the ball. Never waste a pass. Mm. And then on the flip side, you have, as you say, Dicamona, Smith and Berra, where teams now know press on Dicamona and Smith, make them give it the ball to Berra because he will just lump it fucking anywhere. And it's... It, or turn them and give it back to the keeper. I, yeah, I do... Feel sympathy for Hearts fans because it must be miserable. It must be absolutely miserable. Yeah, miserable.
1: although you, I'm a bit numb to it at the moment. But <laughs> that seems to be the reports from Time Castle. At the weekend seem to be that uh, it's there's not as much booing going on as there was as uh, after say the Motherwell game. It's just people have got to the point where they're just apathetic rather than <laughs> angry. And uh, yeah, I, I think um, to add to what you've said, basically. Kamarnak look very well drilled In showing for each other And creating triangles And getting the ball at the pitch um, If there's one difference Between Or the main difference I can see Between Clark's team last season And this team Is that he wants to have the fullbacks Pushed forward a lot more And like you say um, I think it's usually Dicker Who's the guy who's dropping in And um, and uh, they're, they're compensating for that the Hearts played a back three Against Hibbs and looked better after switching to a back four and went on to win the game. And then <laughs> last week, we went back to a back three and we played two fullbacks in that back three. And we played wingers at wing back. And we drew no-no with St Mirren, who can't <laughs> score a goal. And then, and who are one of the few teams that are below us. And then we persist with this back three against Kilmarnock, against a lone striker we know that Commander going to play a lone striker they've, they've done it they've only got one fit they've striker only got in one. <laughs> and they've done, they've done it all season so far um, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing in and of itself but when you watch the game the three of them just stay in a line and none of them step out I mean, even when you play against a two-striker system and you play a back three, you usually see one of the back three stepping into midfield with a ball, playing a one-two with a midfielder or something like that. There was none of that whatsoever. And then when you've got Whelan dropping back as well, it's just, there was no wonder there was nobody to pass forward to because they were all behind the fucking ball when we had it.
0: And again, in, in Scotland over the past few years, you've seen great examples of teams utilising a back three properly. Motherwell in the midst of the Thunderdome had keep who would step out, yep. or Aldred could step out. Even
1: Hanlon's done
0: it for Hibs in the past. Hanlon would do it for Hibs Benedictus in the past. Benedictus does it for Wraith now for fuck's sake. <laughs> or, 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 or alternatively as well, you see Levy last year as well who played a back three and they shifted it left and right in order to create overloads on either side of the pitch. And Harts just have looked at all these things and gone no, what we will do is do a back three which is completely static and in a line at all times. And Jake Mulroney is not a wing back because he's
1: terrible defensively. He's barely even a winger and We play him at wing-back, and like I pointed out in the group chat as well the other day, this isn't the first time that he's been caught out not defending the back post. It's happened quite a number of times. I think this is just the first time it's ended in a goal. And even if you go all the way back to what I think was his debut against Wraith and Methil in the League Cup, um, Wraith do take the lead in that game, but there's a point earlier in the game where the should have taken the lead I can't remember who it is but somebody comes in the back post and is unmarked because Mulraney is just not defending it properly so why we think Mulraney is going to um, uh, is good for that position I have no idea and the thing is you've got a right back playing in central defence so you've got a decent right back I mean Smith would walk into uh, most of the teams in this division play right and be comfortable at right back um, we've got Hickey who's shown that he's pretty good at left back yet we're playing one of the, the, the left back over on the right, and we're playing the right back in the centre of the defence. It's just it's absolutely mad, and then we've got a striker, two strikers on the bench. One, I agree, can't I sort of can't play every game, and he's played quite a lot of football recently with his age. Fair enough, but then um on the bench, and instead you play two midfielders up front. And he says that he says Levine says that Keenan's untried and untested at this level. Well, so is Machino, mm. so is Hickey, and Hickey's been doing okay. I, I just it's just galling. It's galling. And I was talking about uh, being numb and apathetic, but I've just contradicted myself there. <laughs> I think
2: uh, the difficulty from, from the you know obviously from there, so looking in, is that Levine keeps saying that he knows how to fix it, and. um you know, it's not just, that, but but in knowing how to fix it, you'd have to show that either the thing that worked the week before you're going to replicate that, or the thing that didn't work the week before you're going to fix that. And it seems to be a, a, a new tweak to things, personnel, the way that the people are being utilised, switching between the, you know switching around the defence every single time, which seems like desperation rather than a calculated have a plan, plan. plan for this and. and it's getting slightly, it may be more apathetic on the um, on the terraces, but the last few weeks it's been, You know, this, the the post-match to, uh, on at the weekend was we had the majority of the play and the best chances. The game against Motherwell, Motherwell didn't have to be that good to score. Against Celtic, I'm more frustrated than we've ever been because I thought we should have got something from the game and we restricted them. Against Aberdeen, we deserved all three points. These are all games that they lost and they were lost in large part down to like naivety. Mm. Um Best Chances in the commodity game, by the way, he's talking about are uh
1: Fell to defenders and the yeah. defensive midfielder set pieces So it's not like we're creating things from open play And missing gilt Edge chances You're talking about Di Camona and nosebleed territory At the back post He should still Smith- score that Smith- <laughs> oh, no, <they're, laughs> like, I'm, not, I'm not, no, I'm no, not, I'm not trying to defend them They should score the goals definitely And Whelan puts one over the bar in the first half That he should uh, yeah. put on target But that's what I'm saying Our best. He's talking about best chances But it's not as if these are falling to attackers or anything Anyway, we've kind of already gone over time. We should wrap it up soon and we should apologise again to Kilmarnock fans and promise that... Give them, some, to, very please, please do Give them some very brief love. Please um, do. Give them some very brief love. I was going
2: to say that if, had, had Alessio not had the European start, everyone would be thinking, actually, this guy's done exactly what he was brought in to do because yeah, yeah. he has, as a tactician, as a sort of thinking man's manager and all the things that he was billed as you can start to see that coming through Um, all uh, that working on shape is paying off exactly Um, another looked great Burke was a menace Um, Chris Burke has now scored against 10 of the 12 current top flight um, he's got 19 top flight goals in total against 15 different teams so he only needs a goal I think I can't remember who the other two there's two teams he needs to score against to have the full set
0: excellent well thank you very much guys for coming along uh, we are off to record the Patreon, which is a knowing Terrace pod- podcast, knowing you. So, you've asked us some questions, and we will do our best to not tell lies and answer them honestly. You can subscribe <laughs> to that at slash uh, Terrace podcast from as little as $2 a month. Uh, the guys will be back on, I think, Friday post Scotland game with a the show. Uh, there's going to be more Patreon content this week as well. I think guys are recording on Thursday. The TV show inspired by this podcast will again be on BBC Scotland. I think God knows what time. Ten, maybe 10.73 This time, ten something, (laughs) ten something. Check your TV guides or your radio times. That will be available on Friday night or for the week after on the iPlayer, as this week's episode will be as well. Thank you very much, Craig. Thank you very much, Tom. Thank you very much, Graham. Sports Social Podcast Network.